sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. What's up, dicks? Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And we have returning after quite a while guest. Laura. Laura. Bagnato. And we, wait, that's not how you pronounce it, is it? I'm taking it back for the Italians. You should, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel really bad. I just said the name absolutely incorrect, so. No, that's okay. I've been, you know, I grew up and my dad pronounced it Bagnato. And I just recently I thought, well, why are we doing this, man? This isn't how you say it. I think people are educated enough that they can can, take it on. Yeah. Yeah. So I've. I pronounce my name absolutely the American way, and it irritates me when people try to correct me. I'm like, dude, I'm oh, really? Italy. Yeah. yeah Rashardi. <laughs> Shut up. My dad was on the radio, and I guess he got a few letters from uh, really? angry Italian Americans that said that he wasn't doing his name justice. So. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, he didn't just come off the boat of Ellis Island, motherfucker. Yeah. Be proud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, this week we're doing, Pat... Switchblade Sisters versus the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you uh, if you respect women, these movies are not for you. I'll say that right <laughs> up front. I don't know. I didn't think they were so bad. Actually, yeah, actually one of them had kind of uh, feminist... Well, the first one we're going to talk about, Switchblade Sisters, because it's yeah. from 75. Um, it definitely had feminist elements to it. Um, for sure and in a way it was almost like the well it's a it's an exploitation film for sure but Mm -hmm. so it has all that shit you would identify with that but uh i kind of feel like the feminist elements were accidental though do you see i think the i know i couldn't tell who knows who can tell from (laughs) this this genre and this time period but it seemed like the guys were all portrayed as dicks anyway yeah that's true so well they were well, much more was... they were much more one-dimensional than the women sure, and i think it and i very... think it passes the bechtel test like i feel like oh, there were often sure. times where the women yeah. were hanging out and talking about stabbings and not just talking about dudes so <laughs> yes definitely um even well yeah we'll get into it um <laughs> any does anybody feel like doing a synopsis Quickly. I don't know. It's a gang. It, it's a gang movie, right? It is. And I think it um, it's kind of a fantasy movie. It seemed like it was the thing it had in common with Warriors was that it was some kind of like post-apocalyptic scenario where it seemed like gangs kind of like run the show. Um, it seemed like they had some kind of like a mafia like agreement with the school system where the schools were hiring them to do security maybe yeah. <laughs> that was happening there i could put yes. that together i think that's what was happening but it was so much you describe it as post-apocalyptic as i'm watching it i just think i was just thinking oh that's what the new york city looked like in the 70s oh, okay well I was then thinking maybe LA, but yeah <laughs> yeah well maybe not maybe not post post-apocalyptic uh, maybe I, just right. apocalyptic <laughs> um but uh but yeah, so apparently it's a world where you have to be in a gang to be a, be somebody. I don't remember what the exact quote that the gang member says is, but uh, but there are only four gangs in the movie. <laughs> yeah, 
So that's kind of a bummer because part of the appeal of warriors is that there's 400 gangs and like, yeah. they all have different outfits and everything. And in this one, there, I mean, one of them might even be one gang. There's, there's the daggers. The daggers, yeah. The, but there, there's the daggers and then there's the female component right, of right. the daggers, so they're, they're, the dagger debs. Yes. And then so there is, who is the crab, crab, Krabowitz or Krabitz is the other gang leader, but I don't know if his gang has a name. It might just it's be like, Crabs Boys. Or something about Post, right? Or is that just their their front? Like they I had that no building, idea. American Post or something, where when uh, Maggie walked in, they, they oh. had like a riff of patriotic music playing. That was yeah. That gang was very weird because it was like their their front was that they were they were politicians, but they were also a gang in the back. Yeah, that's what I was interested in. They were kind of he was kind of like a sleazy hippie hipster fake <laughs> politician guy and they were all just kind of like looked like greaseball fake hippies. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that. And then the third gang um that was featured was like gang. a communist. Yeah, they were the best gang cuz they were badass. They were just like super serious communist African American ladies. That were like heavily armed and killing it, and I like I did like later when the when the dagger debs teamed up with the other lady gang, um, but that's getting ahead. Of, I I kind of digressed from the synopsis a little bit, but no, essentially that's... what what happens is uh, there is a leader of the dagger debs, and she's just kind of a scrappy young badass, and then a new girl comes to town and shakes everything up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Lace and Maggie. And yes, it, well, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Although, and I, I liked that. Like, it wasn't that Maggie wanted to join the gang. She was just, you know, she was just having a hamburger, and they wanted her to move. And then she joined the gang accidentally at at, at, at women's prison. By, well, <laughs> yeah, well, she she beat one of the dagger devs' ass. Uh, yeah. So Lace took a liking to her. Yeah, of course they had a, a women's prison scene with a lesbian warden and. Yeah, there was a couple. Fa- there were a couple of stereotype things going on that I did. I mean, even for an exploitation film, I didn't really like the super dikey jail guard. And I didn't like how they treated the girl that was not even fat. That was just like not seventies Jane Fonda skinny. <laughs> right. Yeah. They <laughs> and she's just like, and... all she wanted to do was eat donuts. And she was just like real wishy washy and like would just follow whoever and wasn't like loyal or hard like the other girls when she should have I mean... been. I don't they know. never never showed her in any like the any scene but where she's being made fun of like all the fight scenes if she was in there I didn't notice. Yeah. It was just she was just there for comic relief. And she had in my mind an equivalent in the Warriors too, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Um Yeah. Yeah, and then there's Patch who was very loyal to Lace. Um Who was pretty cool. I yeah. mean her her character was a shitty person. But yes. she was a cool, her style was cool, and she was, like, a cool character. Yeah. Well, it's easy to have a cool style when you have a patch to bedazzle. An eye I patch, know. Yeah. A bedazzled eye patch. And then uh, in my reading, someone was saying that she was an influence for uh, uh, Daryl Hannah's character in the Kill Bill movies. Oh, of course. Yeah, this is a, definitely a Tarantino mm-hmm. I think he re-released it on DVD. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, his company. I saw that too. 
Um, and hopefully it made a little more money because it didn't, I guess it didn't fare too well at the box office. No, I mean, these were like a dime a dozen back then, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do, like, there's it, some... It co- for 70s money, I'm very surprised at how much it cost to produce. It was a $320,000 budget, according to Wikipedia, which seems extraordinarily high for this movie from in 1975. I can't imagine where that money... I, miss, I mean, I imagine it costs money for them to blow up that um, truck... Yeah. With the <laughs> Molotov cocktail. That probably cost a little bit of money um, just to make sure. I don't know. Even Maybe do they have like safety standards? I don't even know. $150,000 to rent that roller rink. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> roller rink. <laughs> I love a roller rink. <laughs> Although it was so weird when because when I went to the roller rinks uh, when I was a kid, like they were playing like pop music. At this one, they were playing like weird organ music. <laughs> From like the circus and shit. Yeah, it was bizarre. I, I mean, I I guess they did do pop music, but I always think of it as that organ music because I, I think there's other movies that had the same thing. Maybe at one time that's what they played at Roller Rings. Yeah, apparently in '75 they did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some. I mean, I'm with you. Although I went when I went, it was the '90s in Maryland, and they were just playing like, you know, R&B the whole time we were skating, but. Um, but I imagine there's something like the Castro theater where they have just like an old pipe organ in the corner and just like a guy <laughs> whose job it is to come in on Saturdays and play organ music for the kids to skate to. That's pretty that, much the most awesome thing ever. I wish that. <laughs> that guy is absolutely an alcoholic too. <laughs> <laughs> well, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, there, I think that it is weirdly feminist. Like, the Dagger Debs even end up kicking the Dagger's ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, get, and getting their own identity. They're like, we don't want to be the auxiliary of the Daggers. We're going to have our own name. Yeah. Well, that was mostly thanks to, I mean, Debbie was really the feminist because Lace was kind of just in it to be the girlfriend of, well, she wasn't really. I mean, she's clearly a natural gang member. Let's be right, real. But, but like, she but really also. What, yeah. She was really into that Dom guy. And I feel like that was like a lot of her motivation for being a Dagger Deb. Whereas, wait, why were they called the Dagger Debs? And then, oh, Maggie. I I kept calling her Debbie. That's why I'm confused. Okay. But then Maggie Maggie came in and she didn't have any. I mean, she could seem like she could care less about any of the guys. And she was just kind of in it to kick ass. So, yeah. Yeah, But she, she. Picked up some affection for Dom after he raped her. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, was that was super weird. That was disturbing that yep. he raped her and she was like fine with it, basically. Um, I, I I really thought like I thought it was going to be turned into a revenge thing where she killed him, but I was wrong. Yeah, and I think that that might be a moment where it moves away from feminism and into kind of just like grindhouse and exploitation Exploitation. where it's like where it's just basically like women you know to some extent are there for that kind of thing well yeah Mm -hmm. there was also the scene of the the one uh dagger dude um pimping out his girlfriend in the high school bathroom oh that's right yeah we've we've all been there not just pimping pimping her out but forcing the nerd to go in there yeah yeah like, so <laughs> nobody is at this willingly <laughs> no. although, although i really feel like he could have achieved the same thing like did he need to 
did she need to actually like submit to doing sex acts? Like, I feel like he could get the nerd in the bathroom and have her under the pretense, and then he would, she would just kick his ass and take his money. Like, that seems like a much better, (laughs) well, he took his wallet. He took his wallet and took ten dollars out, even though he said it was only going to be five. So why did he have to even? She have to go in there at all? He already had the money. Yeah, seriously. I guess he doesn't want like bad Yelp reviews or whatever. <laughs> he took the ten dollars and he said, "I'm going to give him double what he what he asked for." Yeah. Or something. I don't like even that. know what that he means. Didn't for, he didn't ask for five. He wanted to go do his homework. <laughs> Look, I, all right, we're getting ready for sex, but tonight let's do double. Yeah. <laughs> Double sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Aside from those disturbing elements, I will say, like, I don't know why I have an affection for some exploitation movies. Some are just uh, trash in the bad. Yeah. Way. But I this one, I don't know. I I do like the grittiness and like comparing it to the Warriors. There, it's definitely much more uh, in the street and like hardcore about shit. You know. For sure. Yeah, it definitely is. It's not as much of like a kind of fantasy. And I mean, it's also I think the only thing that really connects them is is the gang aspect of it. Um, But uh, but I enjoyed it. it. Like like I felt like also, I mean, this is something we've discussed before, but like a lot of these movies, um, exploitation films and kind of B movies, especially from this era, they they don't have a satisfying story. Like, things just kind of trail off, like, they'll start strong, or there'll be some cool imagery, and then by halfway, you're kind of, like, plot points are getting lost, and things are kind of dragging, and this was, like, had a clear beginning, middle, and end, and you, the characters were interesting, and we cared about them, and they they made changes throughout the film. I thought, I, I actually enjoyed watching it. I did, too. I mean, it was, despite, you know, some of the uh, disturbing elements, it was fun. It was a fun movie for me. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I do think it was as ridiculous in some ways as the Warriors, like where they had the cake after they became the Jezebels, and they made a cake for that. And um, <laughs> during the during the shootout, when they were shooting out shooting at crabs, and they accidentally shot the picture of him in the forehead, it was like that's pretty weird and funny. <laughs> oh, I thought it was yeah, that was cute. I loved. No, I wasn't. I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't complaining at all. It was just, oh, okay. It, you know, there's a lot of parts of the movie where it's kind of raw and kind of gritty, and then yeah. there's the ridiculous stuff that makes it funny and fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes it seem more like a sitcom or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and the stuff we've already talked about, like two gangs roller skating, which was very <laughs> ridiculous. And well, that scene was great. Like when they yeah. bust out the machine guns at the roller rink, I was like, oh, this is <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is worth watching. And did Lace ever open her mouth when she talked? Like, <laughs> always, like, she was just always like talking with her mouth closed. Not mouth closed, but her teeth down. It was really Aww. funny. I like, <laughs> like, this is the thing about exploitation movies too. Is is the acting? But I like her acting was so over the top that I enjoyed it. Like everything yeah. was like she sounded like a petulant child, no matter what she yes, was saying. Yes, I know she was like Veruca Salt. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that's what happened to Veruca Salt four years <laughs> yeah. later. I know that's what happens when you spoil your kids and you give them oompa loompas whenever they ask for them. <laughs> they become gang members. And you could tell the other kids were spoiled too. The the mother paid out their food money so they could watch TV. Yeah, and being the brother and sister. 
I forgot about that scene. Um, <laughs> when I was reading, I think, I guess, I don't know. I always kind of start by cross-referencing Wikipedia and IMDb. Um, and then there was like, talking about mistakes, continuity mistakes in the film. And there's the opening scene where they all attack the bill collector in the elevator and they cut his tie really short. It's like uh -huh. later when they show him, his tie is longer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez. It's not even that bad. For, for a movie like this, that's I was like, going to say. <laughs> that continuity editor is fired. <laughs> his tie is slightly longer. I was telling John before that I noticed that the woman who played the, that prison warden who looked like she was a million years old then is still alive. And oh, really? She's old, yeah. Maybe they made her look older and grouchier than she was. No, she's like 99 or something. Oh, like that. Okay. <laughs> Now, yeah. I see. Um, um, go ahead. What, what was I going to say? Oh, just because um, we're talking about the actors in real life, I realized that the actress who played Maggie was also in a movie called The Visitor. Have you guys seen that movie? I have, and I knew I recognized mm -hmm. her. And Patch mm -hmm. looked familiar as well, but I don't know what from. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so th that was a good one. I just recently saw that at Alamo Draft House, and it was cool. I was disappointed that a few of the stars of this movie don't even have Wikipedia pages. They have IMDb yeah. pages, of course, but I want, I, want, I want to know what they're up to. Yeah, same. I know. I, wondered, I wonder if Lace ever went on to do anything else. I didn't check. Um, I think the, the Maggie ended up marrying someone from Lucasfilm and retiring when she was like 40. That's what, she did have her. a history on IMDb. So I was glad at least I could read a little bit about her. And I'm, I'm convinced that she's Elizabeth Banks' mom. <laughs> she does have an Elizabeth Banks-ness about her. Uh, I wrote down, the only piece of dialogue I wrote down was from Dom, who was the leader of the, the Daggers. Um, mm -hmm. Just because this... This made me laugh more than anything in the movie. He goes, he goes, all right, everybody just shut up and listen. Literally nobody was talking or saying anything. <laughs> everybody was just sitting around. Well, that, that reminds me of my favorite piece of dialogue, which I didn't write down, but it also had to do with Dom from the Daggers, which um, when he came in and uh, committed that sexual violence against Maggie when he came into her apartment um, and then her mom was making it with the building manager and then her mom got all mad and was like who's this guy he pushed me he tried to kill me and then the <laughs> building manager said don't you know who that is it's Dom the president of the daggers <laughs> and I was like oh, I don't know if that's what they call them in gangs gang president I'm well, the gang secretary <laughs> Yeah, that guy I, didn't seem I, like he'd be up on his gang terminology, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe that's more the fault of building manager being out of touch, but it seemed well, like I, officially sanctioned by the movie, so I was confused. I think on Wikipedia, the, like the write-up of the movie, they, they even say it this way. They say that the director allegedly interviewed real-life female gang members before the filming, because <laughs> watching the movie, there's no way you believe that. Yeah. But my favorite bit of dialogue was after they, they met with the the black power gang and, and the one woman asked Maggie, what, how do you know them? And she's like, something like I was, I was with her brother until the cops offed him. And the, the look on the original actress that asked the question was just like, I wish I hadn't asked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was interesting. That whole crossover. And when they had the, like, because of course the black Panthers were super organized 
and they had all these like maps pinned up everywhere and it was like <laughs> a ner- like the nerve center of gang warfare when um when uh lace came back from the hospital and like discovered they were all just like it was crazy it was like a red dawn or whatever all of a sudden yeah with the fucking armored vehicle and uh, yeah that was great i liked that scene I, think I also Lace and Maggie should have been friends. I'm very disappointed in Patch and breaking them apart. Yeah, what? Come on, that was all Lace. She she conspired to have uh, Dom killed at the roller rink. At, I mean, not Dom, uh, Dickhead. Maggie. What, yes, Maggie killed uh, at the roller rink. She informed um, what is that guy's name? But Crabbit. Crabs. Yeah, she informed Crabs that but they were going to be there. But she only did that because Patch got got was jealous and t- come on. On, yeah, be, it was really all Patch, but, yeah, Patch but and, did and she was her. exploiting Lace's like weakness, her insecurity, which was about dumb. Them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and her right. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah I like her. that we're arguing about. It's like no, it was. <laughs> You're it right. Was no, Patch all along. I agree. It was all Patch. <laughs> uh, her. I'm, yeah, her beautiful want, poem. Oh, the poem was kind of cute. I was, I actually found myself feeling like mad, like in my body during that scene where Maggie that, yeah. brings the poem. I'm just like, who are these guys? They're a. They all looked like they were at least like 28. Oh, everybody in this oh, movie yes. is 10 years <laughs> out of high school. Yeah, <laughs> like nobody was 17 years old. I mean, that's pretty normal. Like usually yeah. they'll have 20 somethings playing teenagers, but like just having someone read a love letter and then have all the guys kind of like laughing yeah. and cajoling the main dude. I'm just like, how old are these guys? It just <laughs> bummed me out. At the weirdest parts too. It's just like, there's nothing. They're like stars. <laughs> stars <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> I did like the touch of, of making it so Tom, Tom had uh, difficult difficulty reading. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional. But... <laughs> that was just the actor in real life. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he, yeah, he was he was ad libbing the poem. He just came it up. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he didn't have he didn't have a script. He was just, he was doing the Brando method of having somebody whisper the lines in his ear. Um, <laughs> no, I mean he was making the poem up as he went along. <laughs> no, I agree with you, Laura. That I know that made that's exactly what I'm saying. Like the guys were super dickheads in this movie. They were the worst. Yeah, they were the worst. The girls were much better. At least they had. I mean, aside from from Patch, like they had this kind of camaraderie and they seem mm-hmm. to genuinely care about each other and support each other. Whereas the guys were just like a bunch of jerks. I did like the subplot though, that they didn't develop enough for my taste where there was Dom's little brother who was just <laughs> like sleazier and nerdier. And uh, Dom just kind of like handed him money to go to the movies with his girlfriend. <laughs> and that. it was clear. And it was clear that like the only reason he was having any success in life or with the ladies was because Dom was his older brother. Yep. <laughs> uh, and that was that... more violent when they, they kidnapped that girlfriend and there was a gang rape scene more Ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I remember them kidnapping her. I yeah. Um, oh, they did. But I like. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I want to go first. When they shot him, and they they took the girlfriend in the van, and they drove away. And maybe I nodded off for that scene. <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember that off. at all. You're better off because that was disturbing. But I, oh, you're right. God. I like when he he went to the brother, and he's like, I need to go to the movies, and he gave him twenty dollars. Like that's a lot of movie in the seventies. A lot of money <laughs> yeah. in the seventies for a movie. Well, yeah. you gotta buy popcorn, Pat. You know, that, even <laughs> yeah. back then it was like seven bucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jeez. Uh, and then. 
I just want to circle back real quick to the to the after party that they had um, because <laughs> I really like the idea of them of like anyone who engages like in a violent street fight where <laughs> potentially people die just going they like pre-ordered a cake with a word on it <laughs> and then the entire party just consisted of that sheet cake and then yeah. beer just cans of beer which I'm like that's pretty pretty in, in a warehouse I in an thought empty warehouse. They- I thought they put the word on it themselves. I thought that was like the beginning of that scene was them like finishing up writing Jezebel's on it. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't notice that either. But yeah. Well, nothing goes better with cake than beer. <laughs> I mean, nothing I've been goes go- better I- with mass, sh- mass shootings than cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. But they didn't invite the Black Power Gang over for cake. Oh, the Black yeah. Power Gang had no desire to <laughs> like, deal with them after they <laughs> helped them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We, we got our ammo, and that's all we need. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so overall, uh, an enjoyable movie, even though we've talked a lot about some shit that's kind of fucked up. Um, yeah, I, I, did, I usually don't like... I usually usually the unenjoyable parts overwhelm everything else, but this one, there was it was good. I liked it, yeah. There was context yeah. for it, at least, yeah. And it and, wasn't as disturbing in other movies. They ended it before it got really bad. Like that awful high school movie you love, John. That was too disturbing oh for me. God, but this one was better. What is that movie? Class of 1984. Is that what it was? Oh. Something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I've, I've never seen it. I've seen a lot of previews. It looks too intense. Um, <laughs> I I feel like, yeah, I just don't have as much uh, stomach for... It's weird for like nudity in this context now. Like I'll happily watch Game of Thrones, which is super violent. But mm-hmm. but weirdly, watching it in this context is like st- more stressful for me. Like when it's like they're tearing open a girl's shirt and like her breasts come out, and I'm just kind of like, this is a bummer. <laughs> yeah. So I was happy that mo- that more of the plot was driven by action than it was by that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why I reacted so surprised. I should have known this was an exploitation movie. I guess it was unrated. I don't even know if it was rated, but in the prison scene when there's that fight, I was like, oh my God, there's nudity. What's happening here? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, there was a nice touch in that scene too with the, when they started fighting the warden and the guards with the, putting the plunger to the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was a good technique. Yeah. Also, I'm really happy that like, nothing went down there that they ended up rising yes. up against the warden because yeah. that was the actual that was like would have been as messed up as like any of the other sexual violence stuff that that happened yeah it was yeah. just like even yeah. the suggestion of it i was just like this is a bummer although i will so. say i'm somewhat baffled that you are bummed out by like the stuff with the shirt getting ripped open on here as opposed to the loving tender uh nude scenes on game of thrones <laughs> I know there's so much weird stuff in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'm gonna have to examine that. That's another podcast. Like nudity, nudity in Game Game of Thrones versus nudity in every other movie that ever existed. Like the all nudity podcast. Does Does the first season of Game of Thrones, the TV show, have as much rape as the the book does? Because the book is like rape every ten pages. No, there's a lot of that much. But there's yeah, there's plenty. Okay. You know, maybe it's because as much terrible stuff happens to guys, like there's a lot of That's playing. True. There's castration like, and yeah. Yeah, there's like, and there's like some male nudity. Maybe it just seems more fair and balanced, although I don't know. That's baby steps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First, we have to get equality in the nudity and killing, and then we can start to phase it out. 
<laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think the problem with nudity in most films is that it's not necessary at all to the plot. Yeah. Um, usually, I mean, there are there are scenes where I guess you have to have it, but most of the time it's just, especially like if you're talking like 80s teen movies, but I guess that was the whole point of those. But, you know, like so much of the time it's just there for the male gaze and it doesn't really add anything. Like there's yeah. no need for it basically. So, yeah, uh, I think there's 50 years of porn that would disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like my porno to be porno and my movie to be movie. Yeah, I exactly. don't think yeah. that they need to cross over as much. As... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't get your peanut butter, my chocolate. We, we... <laughs> Exactly. Me and Pat talk about that a lot. Like, sex is fine, violence is fine. Don't mix them, though. I that's, yeah. That's where. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Um, <laughs> we re- we really are. So, but in in conclusion, <laughs> love this movie. Wished that there were about fifty percent more gangs. Yeah. Because that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in, t- to be fair, it really was almost more of a character story than a story than a gang warfare movie. You know what I mean? So it was, yeah, yeah. That would have distract. I mean, it was about laces and Maggie's like uh, journey pretty much and how they're dealing with all this stuff. So it wasn't necessarily about like gang culture in a, in a major way, I guess. Mm Yeah. I don't know. Well, and go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that something I read was that it was loosely based on the plot of Othello. And then I was just like, I don't really guess I know what Othello is about anymore. If <laughs> It's like, I don't think I thought it would be like this. Yeah, I saw I saw something that said that Patch was like an Iago character. I, yeah, I don't know. Well, okay. I don't even remember Othello, so I don't know. Yeah. But I, I was just wondering... Like, what was in the zeitgeist during the 70s that these gang movies were coming out? Were gangs that much of a problem in real life? I mean, I guess it it was because they were starting to become an organized thing at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, and it was gangs had, maybe gangs were different than we had imagined them in the past. Mm -hmm. um, Because I think earlier in the century, people thought about, like, like the mafia and stuff like that. And it was always this picture of like a bunch of like Italian dudes in suits or like riding around in old Studebakers or something like that. Maybe yeah. there was just like a changing demographic of gangs happening. But, but I think even like probably going back to the fifties, they started doing like juvenile delinquent movies. And oh stuff. yeah. And then true, yeah. They had the Love wild the ones, you know, the, the motorcycle stuff. So yeah, it was, it's just like, a progression from that, I guess. Um, All right, you guys want to take a break and we'll come back and talk about the Warriors? Yeah, sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died from conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great racing, steeple chasing, the Reformation, transubstantiation, Brian Stucker's creation, the land of the Thracians, and right back to the start, it's gonna take some. 
All right, we're back, and Laura had a piece of info she wanted to share about the last movie before we go into The Warriors. Yeah, I just, none of us mentioned the fact that the movie is called Switchblade Sisters, but at no point are those words uttered in (laughs) the film. And I feel, and no one is called a Switchblade. I mean, they do, they are sisters that have Switchblades. Yeah. I mean, um, but I think that's something that, again, happens a lot with with B-movies and exploitation movies, that as they're kind of released and re-released, they'll tend to take on different names that sometimes don't really even connect to what the film is about. And it's more about, I think, selling it quickly based on like a cover image than it is, than it is, um, it's less important than seeing what it has to do with the actual content of the movie. Yeah. Well, Switchblade Sisters is a title that grabs you. So Wikipedia claims that the, or it says that while filming the titles Playgirl Gang and the Jezebels were considered, Hill states in the DVD commentary that he figures not enough people would know what a Jezebel was. That doesn't explain why they didn't use Playgirl Gang, but whatever. Yeah. Switchblade Sisters is better. I think Playgirl Gang is awful. Is, but, yeah, I know. I yeah. <laughs> Switchblade Sisters is pretty good. That also makes me think it's like a bunch of beefcake hunky dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like a sweet gang. <laughs> Which well, I would watch that at movie. Time, <laughs> at the time, Playgirl didn't exist, though, did it? So they were just saying. Wait, oh, I, okay, yeah. I don't. I did. I never did I 73. Think it might have. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? Uh, the Warriors. <laughs> 1979, Walter Hill. Had you guys seen uh, You hadn't seen it before, Pat. Had you, Laura? Yeah, I've seen it, but I was telling um, my friend that uh, I think that, like, I've seen it many times throughout the years, but most of those times have been, like, at a drunken TV party at yeah, like, a yeah. friend's house in high school. And so I had never seen it all at once and sober. <laughs> <laughs> and so this was a new experience for me. I, it, it plays in theaters now and then, which I find increasingly is the best way t- for me to see older films. Um, but I don't think I've ever gotten out to the movie theater to see it. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I, I saw it as a kid um, on cable and I loved it back then. Um, now it it doesn't necessarily hold up as well as i mean because i thought it was like the coolest thing ever back then it's definitely not the coolest thing ever um watching it as a sober adult as well yeah i was it was better than i expected because i expected the production value to be on level with switchblade sisters i thought it was a cult film that was made on this shoestring budget so i was surprised by how like no it's a well-made film Yeah. yeah yeah It's uh, cinematography's night. Yeah, everything about it is good. Well, some Apparently of the acting the, is maybe not the best, but whatever. the the um this this what's it called the when it, that comic book look that was apparently added like in the nineties or something. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know that wasn't added in two thousand five. It said, and I don't really oh, okay. know if I appreciated it. <laughs> I I could tell. I mean, when I was watching it, I could tell that it was a newer. Like, I was like, I don't think this would have looked this way. Like, it looks very vectory. Yeah. It looks oh, very, like, okay. digital. Um, and so I think I would have preferred to not have that addition. Same. I, because I knew I'd seen it enough that I knew it wasn't in the original. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's a whatever. It's fine. Like, I can live with it. Yeah. Uh, it just didn't really, it didn't add as much as I think that they thought it would. No, and it, I feel like, I mean, I know budget is probably a concern, but I think if they really wanted to do it right, then they should have hired someone to do it like in a similar style that it would have originally been done. So it style, didn't yeah. look so yeah. anachronous and just kind of like weird and digital. 
Uh, Pat, since you uh, are new to this, you want to give a brief synopsis? There's, I mean, there's only a brief, brief synopsis to give, I think, really. But So the leader of, of a huge gang brings all the gangs in New York City together in one place and tells them that they are going to gang up together and take over the entire city. In the midst of his speech, some somebody shoots him, and they, he blames our favorite gang, the Warriors, and the rest of the movie, the Warriors, are escaping all the other gangs trying to kill them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trying and to get back to their home Coney of Coney Island. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, from all the way north in the Bronx, which is a long, a long trip. Someone, I think I saw it quoted 30 miles. Wow. Yeah, that's... So, so uh, if they really wanted to go, why didn't they just take their shirts off and go shirtless? No, that's, well, that, that's, that's not how gangs work, Pat. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, wear, you wear your colors They're, with pride, or you don't wear them at all. Exactly. Well, he's like, that's what I'm suggesting, not wearing them. <laughs> but I mean, or you're out of the gang is what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, that. But was that the the one thing I didn't understand? Was that the extent of the entire gang? Was that those people traveling, or when they got back to Coney Island, did they have a lot more members that would protect? No, I them? think they're a pretty small gang. Um, okay. Over, but that was the thing, like. I actually like that idea of because the the dude who got shot, Cyrus, um, mm. who was yeah leader of the the biggest gang, um, the riffs, the riffs, <laughs> the Gramercy riffs, um, mm-hmm. and he was trying to like unite all the gangs because um, he was saying you know we can look at our numbers we have more numbers than the cops together which I thought was a cool idea and is something like I've often thought about actual gangs you know you get together you can. But that's not the point of being in the gang, I understand. But I thought that was a cool idea. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's definitely, and it, I think it's something, I feel like it, that's been explored before. Like people trying to resolve differences and come together as one to fight for a, con- like, I mean, Game of Thrones is a prime example. Yeah. Feuding, feuding factions, different different people from different lands trying to come together to unite against a con- common evil. Yeah. Or a common good in this case, <laughs> mm-hmm. these guys are the bad guys. But um, yeah, I, I so, uh, oh, sorry. I was going to say I do like that it said um, at the beginning. Unlike a lot of films who like set a specific year, it said sometime in the future. <laughs> that was one yeah. thing I liked. Um, well, otherwise we'd be seeing all these memes that are just like today is the day <laughs> yeah. when the warriors tried to make it back to Coney Island. <laughs> Although when you watch it, like you you're like this could this could only have been made between like 78 and 81 because you got oh, a, course, a roller yeah. skating gang and yeah <laughs> oh my god wait okay this is a great segue for me to talk about my favorite thing about the warriors has always been the insane detail that they go into for all of the gangs <laughs> yes. so i um I, I started off like i i was looking into the original novel by this guy Saul Urich um, to try to see, I'm actually like have open on my screen right now an EPUB PDF of the original book, and I was trying <laughs> to scan through it to see like how much detail he gave about the different gangs because I wanted to know if a lot of this imagination came from him or if it came from the people and the costume designers uh, that worked on the film, and I couldn't come to a, a conclusion about that. But I just I'm I'm fascinated with all of these crazy gangs. I looked, well, to start off, when I was just watching the movie, I started taking notes in the opening sequence as they have all of the different gangs kind of like (laughs) marching in and like going into their various subway stops and stuff like that. 
and I'm trying and I go through trying to describe their different gang looks. <laughs> so I was like warriors. I put world tribal because I was trying to figure out, I'm like, they're not really like strictly native American. There's like some <laughs> other stuff going on. Um, then I put shiny purple vests, which I later <laughs> found out are again called the boppers. <laughs> and then they're from Harlem. And then there's the mime that I feel like the mimes are a tease um, because they never fight anybody. And I really wanted to see them the involved in some action. Yes. There was like mime, mime gang. Um, I wrote denim guys because <laughs> which is not doesn't seem descriptive, but they're really just wearing like black cutoff t-shirts and <laughs> and jeans. They just kind of look like kind of like Italian kids, um, and they are called the gladiators. Yes. There's camo guys that are called the panzers. Um, there's I have Chinese with hats. <laughs> and they are apparently called the Savage Huns. There's the electric eliminators that are wearing like shiny yellow jackets, like they like are are like car guys or something like that. Um, they're I said matching tank tops, Puerto Rican question mark, <laughs> and that's the Boyle Avenue runners. And then there's another gang called the Saracens that also wears matching tank tops with piping but one has white piping and one has red piping and then there's shiny silver jackets sorry i'm really going on because no, there's I like like it. so so many the um <clears throat> i was like robes and it turns out that's the riffs and there's just like a million guys in different robes <laughs> and then there's straw fedoras and they're called the hurricanes so i feel like that one is pretty related to them being cuban and then <laughs> then there's the like multiracial skinhead clan the, the Turnbull ACs that are featured more prominently. Um, but then I, you know, I found in doing research, I found more, um, more and more. I mean, the, the one I'll bring up are called the punks and they're the ones that are, that attack them at, um, at union square wearing, um, overalls and rugby oh, shirts yeah. on roller yeah. skates which this uh this very they all on roller skates or just the one guy that's why i wasn't sure when i was oh, watching i think they were like, all on sure. roller skates i thought just the one guy like was a scout but i couldn't tell because it, did, it didn't make sense for only one of them to be no, on roller I thought, skates, yeah, but... i'm pretty sure they all were but yeah. okay <laughs> but there's um i'm getting some of this cross-referencing like based on my notes from there's this uh, mental floss article one of these listicle websites that has 21 street gangs featured in the warriors and at that and it's good because they have screenshots and they kind of like write a little bit about where each of them are from but then at the end they just have a list several other gangs were included in a list in the official movie script but are either unidentified on screen or not seen at all in alphabetical order and then they list they list like a hundred more names the terriers the wizards the yo-yos the zulus i'm just like this this is great i feel like there's a lot of material here there, yeah there's no scarier gang name than the terriers for sure yeah. um God that scene with all the, the gangs going to the big meeting, what I really liked was the one group. I don't know which of the ones you mentioned they were, but there there's the one guy standing at the turnstile like a ba like a baseball coach for a little league, dropping the tokens in as each gang member goes through the Oh, that's you know what, that's even mentioned in this article. They're just like, um, 
they do seem like polite young men, even paying <laughs> for their subway tokens and entering through the turnstile in an orderly fashion. I, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I know. I was like, oh, what What kind of gang pays for the subway? <laughs> I know. Seriously. And, and uh, later, the warriors don't pay, so they show they're the real gang. Yeah, they're a little bit harder than these dudes. I mean, they didn't even have real impressive costumes. Maybe they were just starting out. Um, but And then there's, of course, the baseball furies, yes. too. I think that they were the one of more the more satisfying costumes. Although yes. I'm sure many people are like, "What does this mean? Why are why <laughs> why are their faces <laughs> painted?" Yeah. Well, it's like but. it's like that episode of Seinfeld with Putty. You know, you paint your face if you're a sports fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, where he gives the priest a heart attack. Yeah. Because he's like devils. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But if we're talking about gangs from the Royers, I don't think there's any gang as pathetic as the orphans. Yeah, they are pretty sad. I mean, they they, they weren't even they weren't even invited to the to summit. The thing, yeah. And they were they like, we were so invited. They're, like they got all defensive. Their territory seems to be one brownstone. Yeah. Their their, their gang outfit is just like jeans and a green shirt that has orphans on the back. And then it's all, like, then they're, I mean, part of their uniform is that they're, like, really dirty head to toe. I feel like that's <laughs> well, part of the uniform. But then, and then but they then, make a decision to let the gang go through, and then the the woman from Too Close for Comfort comes out and says, no, you can't do that, and they listen to her. The yeah. one, And then the warriors steal her. They're one woman. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they steal her. It seems that she goes willingly. No, she goes willingly, Although, yes. Is, isn't it kind of strange? Okay, so I think this is what, just to transition into, like, feminist topics as we tend to do um it's strange that there are no other women in the whole city yeah basically there's this one woman from too close for comfort who which i also was like oh yeah that's why she looked familiar to me because i remember watching that show when i was a kid um and it made me miss snyder <laughs> but uh but then um and then there were the lizzie's which were the right. only lady gang that was featured. I just feel like there would have been a lot more lady gangs. Yeah, I think so too. Well, and speaking of feminism, uh, the is her name Deborah Van Valkenburg, the actor? Um, she, who goes along with the Warriors, she, for some inscrutable reason, is super attracted to Swan, who all he does is slut-shame her the entire time he talks to her. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> From the first moment she's on screen. Yeah. Um, and he's just a... Well, he <laughs> he had basically no personality. I know he was supposed to be like kind of a strong, silent type, but I didn't see what the attraction was unless it was just completely physical there. So when I was reading about the movie, the, the, the screenplay changed as they were filming because of the... What the I forget how they put it, but the like the chemistry between Swan mm -hmm. and and was so good that the, that the person who was supposed to have that romantic role was kind of his role was written down, and that the actor was so pissed off that he just said, "I'm not going to do the movie anymore." So he's the one that got thrown in front of the train and dies. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's that was his punishment for not having yeah. enough chemistry. And then later he sa he says he regretted it. He wish he would have stayed on the movie. Yeah, I'm well, sure he did, but um, and, and then in other things that were written in that weren't originally in the book or the script, um, were there were fewer white guys. I guess there were like weren't that many white people. That's true in the right. movie, yeah. and then and then well, period, um, even beforehand. Oh, and then I gotcha. 
and then they and then they added white people um, for commercial purposes because, right. yeah. as we've heard it time and time again, which I I don't understand, but I I've always been, I don't know, I've always not been able to understand why it's so weird to not have white people in things. But like, it seems to be a common theme that like, especially in older films, it would be like, well, you can't just have an all black cast, and I'm not really sure. Well, I, <laughs> I know. I think the Hollywood thinking on that is that black people don't mind watching white all white cast, but white people would be very upset by an all black cast, which they're probably well, right about. I mean, in general, but I, I guess so. But you lead by example, Hollywood. So. Yeah. Well, t- <laughs> to this day, we have white actors playing ethnic roles. It's kind of ridiculous, but it's yeah. I was gonna say there there is a lot more uh, ethnically diverse cast in this than most movies of the time i would say for sure yeah well and but i think i mean if we're gonna be pessimists about it it speaks volumes that it's a movie about gangs yeah and that's that's what it is it's not like a movie about like hospital staff or something (laughs) like that you know like doctors it's it's like i feel like they they thought that that was or that's how the book was written initially it sounds like that it was more written to be you know, fewer Caucasian people and more people of color. I would be super interested in reading the book because it was from 65, um, which is, you know, what, 14 years earlier. So I I imagine there are quite a few differences. I kind of want to check it out. It seems, have you ever read any Richard Allen novels? No. He's this guy who wrote pulp novels for British teens about like skinheads and Ted's and rockers and stuff like that. And I feel like in just in like my reading a little bit of the warriors, like it has the same kind of feeling of that. Although the Richard Allen ones had a lot of kind of the exploitation stuff, like a lot of just like kind of like rape that curiously turns into a relationship and like, (laughs) and like just like, just like you know that graphic descriptions of violence and stuff and it was a, a lot more just kind of like um pulp pulpy yeah. yeah totally and this seems less so it seems like more descriptive and that's probably where we're getting a lot of the descriptions of the gags and stuff from but it still seems i don't know it's still like lurid enough and um apparently this guy used to work for the city and like encountered a lot of, of young, you know, ruffians. gang members yeah. and ruffians and so on. <laughs> and so he wanted to put this into his book. And it's based on a Greek story. I've never heard of Have You guys heard of that? Oh, Anab- Anabasis. Anabasis. Anabasis by Zeta Yeah. Pong? It's a pretty, I mean, it's a good story. I mean, I really, <laughs> I think it's a great story though. I wish the riffs had picked a more central location for everyone to meet. Like, it seems weird to me that you would ask everyone to come to your house, like, at the very north of the Bronx when there are people coming from all the way. I mean, it's just not very considerate. Well, it's probably, <laughs> it was probably the only, the, the best place that was cheapest to film uh, that many people in one oh, area. Oh, that's the other great thing about that. See, I forgot about that. The, the, that's that actual opening scene with all those gangs. Most of the gang members are real gang members from New York, which I think is crazy. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> and that they started to to taunt the actors <laughs> yeah. for, for like dressing up like gang members in the movie, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Yeah, that would and this up. movie uh, led to actual gang violence when it was released. Oh, did which it? Is, yeah. yeah I don't bizarre. really... They, did you read any more about that? Because I kind of saw, you know, a hint of that. Like, they kind of mentioned it, but I don't really get how that works. 
Yeah, it's very... Like, did people show up at the movie being like, meet me at the movie opening and I'm going to fight you? Like, I'm not really sure it was, why it would cause gang violence. I could see, well, I, like, I, gangs wanting to go see a movie about gangs and ha- and then there are rival gangs sitting next to each other or something oh, maybe okay. in the theater. I can that's, only that's imagine this in, like, an like a, an eight, through an 80s lens. Like, it's just, like, the actual warriors are, like, sitting in an 80s movie theater <laughs> next to, like, the baseball furies. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. That's that's the only thing. Well, I can here's here, here's Hill's quote on it, which is kind of what John said. But I just like how it sounds. I think the reason why there were some violent incidents is really simple. The movie was very popular with the street gangs, especially young men. A lot of them had very strong feelings about each other, and suddenly they all went to the movies together. They looked across the aisle, and there are the guys they didn't like. So there are a lot of incidents. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like they're looking at each other over popcorn. Like, hey, I know him. <laughs> hey. That's a dude who killed my brother. Uh. Well, I wanted to bring up, I mentioned in the Switchblade Sisters, like, Donut had kind of an equivalent. It's not really equivalent because, like, it, this guy wasn't made fun of or anything. But one of the the members of the Warriors who seemed kind of maybe Puerto Rican or something seemed super gay to me. Like, not in, I, I mean, I just think the actor was probably gay. He was very effeminate. And he was the one who was, like, uh, like when, the, when they were with the woman gang, he, like, caught on. That you know, this was bad news. I didn't, oh, I didn't find him. I didn't find him to be particularly effeminate. Like really? I thought he just seemed like a younger kid. Exactly. That's and what he I was thought, just like... kind of like he was just kind of like more of a loner. Like I don't know. I didn't pick up on any. Okay. Of that. I thought maybe that was like some kind of uh, yeah. undertone they were playing with there. No, I they think seem so. Chill. I thought they seeing he was like, yeah, he was because at the beginning of the movie, the he was the one that was told by the leader that was either beaten up or killed to, to stay out of the action because he was like the guy who tagged everything. He was too young to be involved in everything. Was the idea I got? I didn't think of it as yeah. Okay, huh. I thought well because he also like didn't want to go like with one of the women in the gang, and I was like, oh, yeah, because he wasn't the moron. I think he didn't trust them. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. think he was just like maybe because he was younger, he wasn't like as into being led around by his Johnson. So maybe yeah, maybe he was just smart, which I mistook yeah. as being gay. <laughs> like he was able to look past their feminine wiles and be like, why would they just randomly invite us here when yeah. like every other gang is trying to kill us? Right. Um, but there were there was the one. If we're going to go into, like, kind of a... Anyway, the the one guy, the one member that ended up branching off because he was, like, super hornball all the yeah. time. Um, and he kept... He, like, no less than three times, like, called everybody faggots because oh, they didn't yeah. want to, like, <laughs> stop what they were doing. And... But it's, and what was so funny was Switchblade Sisters had someone saying the same thing for the same reason. Yeah, I, I forgot Switchblade Sisters, but it was used a lot in The Warriors. Yeah, oh yeah, because a lot by the one guy that. that, that yeah, was, that guy. Who um, who had the weird scene that he got arrested at, where he was like, I, at first I thought she was an undercover cop, but I think it just turned out that she was like protecting herself. So I guess originally she really wanted to make out, and he was getting too rough. So she had handcuffs and handcuffed him to the bench. Oh really? I thought. And then she, she also had a whistle. Yeah, that's weird. That's true because who? What kind of undercover cop sits there waiting for somebody? Well, no, it could have been. I mean, she could have been. Oh, doing so you it the do think time. she was undercover cop? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I think she was waiting for like somebody to come by and try to uh, fuck with her, and okay. bust them. Yeah. Laura, your thoughts on the undercover cop? Uh, I don't really have any thoughts okay, yeah. in particular. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. 
I mean, I think he got what he deserved. I was not. Oh, yeah. I, I was like not looking forward to dealing with his attitude for the rest no, of the movie. Exactly. So I was like kind of <laughs> excited that he got hauled off. Yeah, good riddance. I think he's the actor I've seen most since this movie, though. Really? I've seen him in playing. I don't think there's anyone else because he was like a father in something. I forget what, but he's his face I've seen. I don't. Oh, of course, too close. Is there anyone else that's famous in this? Well, the the uh, Warriors come out and play, dude. Has been in a lot of shit. Yeah, he's Jerry oh, Horn. He? Yeah, yeah, he's on Twin Peaks. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, okay. he's he's done a lot of stuff, but mostly, you know, I mean, like character acting stuff. Um, which was the that's like the the famous line from the movie too. The Warriors come out and play, which we used to say all the time as kids. <laughs> yeah, well. one of one of the things where they like one of the write ups said that originally they wanted to use dead pigeons. Or something instead of the clanking bottles, but then the director didn't think it would quote work, and I was like, I don't really get. Well, he's quote right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't think they were intending to stick his fingers into the dead pigeons and clank them together. <laughs> but I'm just, I don't really understand what he was going to do with them in the first place. So. The father and Dexter is who that guy was what oh the guy you're talking about yeah yeah i mean it's it's definitely fun it's like it's a cartoon movie basically is yeah what it is um i, I think i like switchblade sisters better me too I, I do this was better it was much better like as far as cinematography and uh, making of a film but i thought switchblade sisters was more fun well other than like the fun of the different gang members there's yeah, not a lot yeah. to this movie really um there's you know there's like Really, only one major gang fight with the uh, with the baseball, whatever they are. Um, yeah, the baseball furies. The baseball Everything furies, else. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes me want to talk about the the device of having like the DJ that was kind of over announcing <laughs> yeah, everything. So weird. <laughs> well, I actually I actually really liked that. Like I I liked the idea of there being like kind of an omniscient presence over the whole thing that was kind of like updating and giving like score. It did make it see. I mean, I feel like we've seen that in other films before, but I can't put my finger on what where, where there's been. Well, maybe I don't know. Well, Wet Hot American I, Summer. It's probably <laughs> like the idea of the Greek chorus <laughs> in true. a way that, since it's based on a Greek play, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I, in the in the reality of this movie, I also like that they're all listening to the same station, and like in the seventies, that makes sense. Well, it's the gang yeah. station, dude. Well, it's clearly yeah. the gang station. But then also, would do you think they'd really listen to Joe Walsh on the gang station? No. <laughs> None of those people were listening to Joe Walsh. Well, she was a, Maybe know, she the douchebag guy. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, oh, shoot. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, it's it's fun and goofy, but I think Switchblade Sisters has that that more touch of realism if you can as much as you can say that about that kind of movie um and yeah it does seem grittier and it's like less polished but um there is something about there to me they hit kind of different chords because um i i liked like the action of switchblade sisters but for warriors like it has like a nice kind of um ambiance about it i think because a lot of it is like new york at night with like wet pavement and stuff like that and so it has that kind of like quiet darkness yes it's about a, it i love the way it's filmed and yeah no it it does set up a mood for sure um yeah. although you 
for Switchblade Sisters, as you said when we were talking about it, Laura, you you actually care about the characters. In this one, they're all just kind of, you know, cutouts. Yeah, you're right. They're uh, less developed, but I think that's that may be also a casualty of there being so many, so many. Yeah. characters to <laughs> yeah. try to figure out what to do with. I cared more about that the leader of the warriors who gets beat up in the first ten minutes than any of the other warriors. I really like that guy, and I don't know why. Because he seemed Aww. like he seemed like the wise warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Reagan loved the movie. What? That can't be true. Ronald Reagan was a fan of the film, even calling the film's lead actor Michael Beck to tell me he had screened at Camp David and enjoyed it. Oh, jeez. Wow. He, I don't know what to say about that. He obviously misunderstood what. Well, he grew up, <laughs> maybe it was just he his hatred of women <laughs> that made him bond with it. Um, he felt, he felt that it was a, a true to true to life depiction of modern day. New York City. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I really felt this. <laughs> yeah. I, man, I, speaking of overacting, I loved the overacting in this one too. The, the whole warriors come out and play a was like really overdone, but also, Cyrus with the can you dig it? I know. <laughs> I loved it. And that's I think that was a hard loss in the movie too. Like I really yeah. wanted more Cyrus. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, was, he was one of the more interesting people in the film. <laughs> I think an alternative movie where Cyrus's plan actually gets played out would be an interesting movie. Yeah, where everybody works together to just like beat up the cops. The, uh, yeah. the yeah. cops and the politicians <laughs> and whatever. I mean, I think that would be, you know, I'm not encouraging anyone to go out and beat up a cop necessarily. But I'm all I'm saying is that I think that would maybe that those same gangs that were fighting in the theater would actually like leave holding hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, if the movie were more like that. Warriors 2. <laughs> Sometime in a parallel universe. future. Yeah. <laughs> Warriors 2 over the rainbow. <laughs> And they're like all having, and at the end they have like a big cake party <laughs> with lots of beer, <laughs> and it's all any way you want it. That's oh, the way. <laughs> uh, well, e- even that would be better than Joe Walsh, I think. Well, Laura, wait, I don't think you said. Did you prefer Switchblade Sisters or the Warriors? I think I prefer the Warriors. Okay. I, I with with a few caveats. I mean, I probably. I felt like I wouldn't need to watch Switchblade Sisters again. Like, I got it yeah. first time. Whereas Warriors, I could see myself seeing again. I just would prefer to see it. I would prefer to see the non-2005 cut Yeah, that doesn't have all of, like, the extra computer graphics in it. Well, and the Warriors is also, like you were saying, like how you used to watch it at, like, drunken TV parties. Where it's a perfect, like, background movie because there's so much to look at in it, too, even if you're not... Totally yeah, if you miss some, it's not a big it deal. It doesn't matter, yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I think I'm also hitting a stage of my life where I'm preferring kind of quieter, more atmospheric movies. Yeah. Um, and so, like, movies that I can put on on a Sunday and just kind of, like, take a nap in the middle of and then wake <laughs> up and I'm like, cool, still happening. <laughs> like a Terrence Malick movie where you can fall asleep for 45 minutes and then there's just still, like... Okay, still in a cornfield. Got it. <laughs> that, that Wait, is... that's a screensaver. The movie stopped. <laughs> uh, I right. don't feel any need to watch out of these movies again. Not, not to say anything <laughs> bad about them. I just yeah, yeah. I, I well, you. yeah. I don't own them or anything. So um, <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, that was. I think that's good. You want to go on to recommendations, Asians, Asians? Uh, sure. You got anything, Laura? 
You know, I was thinking about it before before we recorded, and I was realizing that I don't consume new things. Like, everything I watch is like, oh, they're showing Akira at the Alamo Draft House, or they're playing Christine at the Roxy. Oh. Like, I'm just like, I feel like I'm like con- constantly going to see movies that have already happened That's in the fine. theater. That's fine. old things all the and, time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm reading books that have existed already, and yeah. So, and well, the two things that I've watched recently, which I'm sure you guys have talked about the new Twin Peaks um, I have Pat. Pat hasn't watched any of Twin Peaks, so. But okay. go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. I was just gonna say I really enjoy. It. I I'm a David Lynch fan, and so I was excited to see some of the older Twin Peaks stuff getting mixed in with the really weird David Lynchy stuff that you've so far only seen in his short films and his fine art. Yes, this was the most David Lynchy thing possibly ever. This new Twin Peaks, yeah. Yeah. So I was into that. Yeah, I, I recommend it. it. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> okay, yeah, me as well. Uh, I recommend it, although I understand, you know, a lot of people have problems with it, but I thought it was great. I was, I'm, I feel like I'm not a critical person um, in general. <laughs> like, I, I tend to see the good in even, like, bad art. I'm just like, it was fine. That's, like, ten, <laughs> unless it's, like, particularly offensive or weird culturally. Yeah. I feel like for the most part, I'm like, can enjoy things for what they are and kind of walk away. That doesn't mean I don't like certain things more than others. But um, there are other people that I've met that like, as the way they enjoy things is, is critically. So even when they like something, they want to talk about all the things that are wrong with it. Right. Which that's not generally how I approach things. So I was happy to just watch this and be like, cool. The entire <laughs> time. <laughs> Um, but that's about it. All right. What about you guys? Um, oh, I'll do, uh, it's both a podcast and there's a book. It's called You Are Not So Smart. I don't know if you guys will listen to this. It's all about like logical fallacies and stuff and the way we trick ourselves into believing we're right about stuff when mm. we're really not. Um, and how we, you know, we obtain our prejudices and our biases and stuff in our thinking. Um, and it like really breaks down like he talks uh, on the on the show he talks to like uh philosophers and psychologists and stuff about like the ways that we we fool ourselves into believing things that aren't necessarily true uh, it's really cool anyway that's that's it for me Great. um i i'm gonna recommend something i think we've recommended before but just because there's a new season and i love it so much and i've been telling everybody to listen or watch it the good place uh we've talked about it a lot but i think i want to say it again yeah it's gone completely bonkers this season but in a great way like I don't what know. is that it's a fun show it's a, a show with Kristen bell where she the oh she's yeah, died and, she goes to heaven okay. yes yeah it's like a weird he- but heaven is like bananas yeah yeah and the first season was great and the second season just started and it's, it's i think it's even i think it's better i think it's a better second season so yeah is, is ted dancing in it yeah yep okay and, i was like am i imagining that okay and he's cool. great in it actually yeah. yeah he's really good um, yeah, by Michael Schur, who did uh, Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and stuff. So. And oh, okay. Uh, all right, Pat, do your uh, spiel. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com for any reason whatsoever. Rate us, on hi- hi- rate us highly on iTunes. Uh, like us on Facebook. And most importantly, tell your friends and family to listen. And thanks for coming on, Laura. This was fun. Yeah, well, thanks yeah. for having me. Awesome. Hopefully Thank more you. again soon. 
Yeah, and yeah, I'll, I'll try to find Next something. Time... Since you're not uh, critical, I'll try to find something that might test you on that. that we uh, no, I was going to say she should pick what we do next <laughs> no, time. Yeah, she totally should. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe we can do. Um, I know October is coming up, so um, actually October is here as of today, <laughs> as of today's taping. Um, so maybe we can do some spooky somethings. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. That's fun. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I see will. See you guys. Yeah. See you all later. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.